No, no, no. She's not a medical doctor, but she can sure cure your tax problems or your financial woes. She's the how-to girl. It's the Dr. Friday Show. If you have a question for Dr. Friday, call her now, 737-WWTN. That's 737-9986. So here's your host, financial counselor and tax consultant, Dr. Friday. G'day, I'm Dr. Friday, and the doctor is in the house on this kind of gloomy and possibly really nasty weather. Hopefully you guys are all staying safe in there. But we're going to have a good hour of talking about my favorite subject, which is taxes. That's right, taxes, taxes, taxes. We are still in the 2020 tax season, even though it's 2021. We're still doing taxes for the year of 2020. Um, And so if you haven't filed your taxes, you know, you still need to do that or file an extension. Extension. Extensions are going to be required on or before May 17th, which is the deadline date. And remember, an extension does not extend the money due. So if for some reason you don't like the numbers on your tax return and you're thinking, hey, I'll just wait and see if I can do something, or if you're waiting still for forms, because I still have several cases where K-1s and things like that are not received, you need to make sure when you file your estimated tax, I mean, when you file your extension, go ahead and send in an estimated tax form. That would be the best or smartest way to handle that. So if uh, you've got tax questions, this is the show to do, 615-737-9986, taking your calls. I'm an enrolled agent licensed with the Internal Revenue Service, which means that's all I really do, guys, is taxes and representation. So if you've got IRS issues, um, you've got problems and you're trying to deal with, uh, you know, on the person you at least want to take the first call to, our initial meetings are always free because we want to make sure that we're all on the same page and how and what we're going to do to try to help some sort of resolution to your situation. So if you need help, you can call the office on Monday and they will um, will set up an appointment for you. And I know many of you have probably sent in, or I know we, we get quite a few uh, through our websites. I will let you know that we're going to be responding to those. It's been a little crazy. We've had a lot of tax clients come in last minute that were from last year. Uh, so we're going to we, we always try to get the same clients done. And so it's just been a little bit busier considering procrastination is probably the middle name for many, many of my clients. So again, if you want to join the show, you can at 615-737-9986. All right. So making sure that a lot of people, when I'm looking and reviewing taxes, um, and they're trying to itemize again, Itemizing is only required if you're spending more money on interest or if you're a very giving person and you have a lot of charitable contributions because the average person that has uh, less than $12,400 is not going to itemize with those deductions, which are basically made up of property taxes, sales tax, interest, and contributions. This year, only so far, I don't know if it's going to roll into 2021, but in 2020, they did add an additional $300 worth of contributions. Now, that is the same no matter if it's a single person or a married couple, $300. So if you gave $300 or more, you will get an additional, even if you're not itemizing, charitable contributions. So don't miss out on that. Uh, otherwise, obviously, just making sure that you have all of your tax documents. Sometimes things get amended, things get changed, uh, and that is what often happens when people come in. Um, a lot of people rush to get their taxes done and then find out that something's come in that they forgot about, and then they have to amend those taxes. We can now e-file amended tax returns 
Also, let's talk a little bit about, I know a lot of you guys sit by the, the computer and I think every single day often go on and see where is my refund, where is my stimulus check. Um, nothing wrong with that other than the fact that I will let you know our office at least never can really do a lot to help under those circumstances. Your stimulus check, if you can't find it on the online, um, you're going to have to phone call and find out if there's a reason you haven't received it. I will tell you if you uh, haven't received the first two stimulus, the best way to get it according to the IRS is to file your 2020. Now, I will tell you that is also holding up a lot of the refunds. Um, some people, you, you know, just taking longer than 21 days. And I think the website now says 28 days, uh, for them to give the refund. Uh, but it is taking longer and you, you know, usually you can see in there when they've issued or if they're going to issue, but if you haven't received it and the issue date has come past, then you might want to call them and find out if there's an issue with either your direct deposit or your mailing address. Because again, a lot of people, don't always look at their tax returns and you know, a year or two or late, they may find out that they've relocated or they filed the taxes and didn't look at the address until after they had been submitted. And yes, you can amend and refile taxes with the proper address, but who knows how long that's going to take to get corrected. So, um, you know, again, the IRS is moving as quickly as possible, but you need to make sure that you have all of your information correct in the first time, if possible. If you're looking for where your refund is, uh, you can go to irs.gov, click on where's my refund, and it will give you a status update. Now, in some cases, it will say they're working on it, they've received your return, and they're still processing. In many of those cases, um, they're either trying to match up W-2s because uh, you have multiple W-2s and maybe one of your employers did not file the W-2 with Social Security Administration. There are children that are being claimed that were or were not being claimed a year before and they're trying to match up. Are you allowed to have those children? As well as a lot of people are trying to get their stimulus money and maybe that money, according to the IRS, has already been received. We've had a couple cases where people had told us they had not received the money, but yet the IRS is sent back proof that the, the money was received by them. So again, I would definitely suggest reviewing your bank statements to make sure that that money, especially the first one where a lot of people say they'd never got the $1,200. Um, you know, like I said, we've had at least one case in our office where they, they said they didn't have it. They looked, didn't see it. The IRS sent back proof and, uh, they, they weren't entitled to the complete uh, $1,200. It was like $1,191. And that's why they didn't see it. So you might want to make sure that your information is correct and that you have, you know, check to make sure there's no deposit. I had another one which thought they hadn't received the refund because it was similar to the amount of refund they were supposed to be getting from another year when they had filed and then found out that that was actually the stimulus money and they had not received their refund from the other side. So Nothing is actually perfectly simple, as we all know, but we do want to make sure that you are getting your information. So again, IRS website is going to be your best bet. Second bet will be is getting on the phone and calling the IRS. I'm getting more and more positive responses where people are saying they have actually spoke to a revenue officer and have been able to get information about their situation. And 
And again, I've had two people email or text me during uh, during my radio shows, and they've, they've said that they had to prove their identity. One of the reasons they weren't getting their refund was the IRS had supposedly marked it as possible fraud, and therefore they were going to have to prove. And that's pretty simple, and I will let you know, guys. Again, I'm sure I've shared this before, but I had to do that last year when I filed my tax return. I got a letter in the mail that said, they couldn't process my 2019 without me calling to prove that this was a legitimate tax return. And therefore then, um, you know, it was processed and completed, but it, you know, they are trying to make sure, and it's, it seems like more and more, cause we probably have had between my clients and my listeners, you know, 10, 15 people that have received this notice saying they had to approve uh, their identity. And in some cases it's not as simple as others. Some people are comfortable, um, with calling and talking and some people are just completely not very comfortable with dealing with the IRS period. So, and this is something that an enrolled agent or a representative cannot do for you. They could be in the room with you, I suppose, but they cannot answer those questions. The revenue officer on the other end or the, the, uh, the IRS person wants to make sure they are speaking with the right person. So if you've got questions or if you've received one of those love letters and you're not too sure what the next step, or maybe you're just getting some of those letters from the IRS and saying that you need to do something and you're not too sure where to begin, give us a call. Um, you can call the radio show right now at 615-737-9986, 615-737-9986. We're taking your calls, talking about all kinds of exciting things, um, and making sure that you have your information and what you need to do. But, um, you know, if you're not sure, or maybe you've made a payment plan and then the payment plan went defunct and you don't know if you can pay off the IRS and you're not sure, you know, every year you're getting further and further, there is steps and rules we need to follow when it comes to getting you back on track. And part of it is guys, you have to first pay forward before you can deal with the past. That's a simple set for self-employed people. The hardest thing to learn is that you're making a hundred percent and you're not entitled. You've got a partner in business and you might as well look at for every dollar you physically earn 25% of that is uncle Sam's. Now that would be after your expenses but in some cases, a large chunk of your expenses is your lifestyle, and that is not a tax deduction. You know, your clothes, your food, every meal you eat out, all these different things are not legitimate tax deductions. And a lot of the miles. So you need to look at your true numbers, and you need to start setting up a separate bank account and saying, hey, 25% of this check needs to go over here. If you work for somebody else, they would be taking it out of your check. But since you are self-employed, you're responsible for those monies. And I know you're all say, well, I'm barely making it right now. I can't afford to give another 25%. If you don't learn or reevaluate your business, at some point, the government is going to have to shut down your business because you're not actually paying taxes on money that you're earning. And there are ways that we can help train, lessons to be learned, but you do have to at least start taking that information and go from there and, um, you know, move forward. All right, let's go ahead and hit Joey in Tennessee real quick. Hey, Joey, what's happening? Yeah, hi, how you doing? Um, I didn't file taxes last year, so I went to Jackson Hewitt in February, and they did the non-filers for my second and third stimulus check. And it still keeps saying um, – being processed, you know, I haven't heard anything. They haven't given me an answer. You were packed. You were, they're like me. No, Joey, they're like me. We don't have any way of telling. All we can do is send you to the website. Once the tax return's been filed, if they're saying they're processing, it means the return's been received. The question is the IRS is trying to figure out, I guess, 
and I don't know. This is a guess, Joey, um, that they're trying to figure out if you're entitled to the second one. The third one would not be a part of this. You, it sounds like maybe you got the first 1200 and now you're looking for the 600 Is that correct? Yes, and, yes, and the third one, yes, ma'am. Right, and the 1400 which wouldn't have anything to do yet so far with the yes. tax return. But um, but the 600 would be what you're looking for for a refund on the 2020. And all I can tell you is hang tough. It should come um, what we're being told from the IRS, as long as they're showing it due to you and they're going to be issuing a bunch of letters out explaining to people if they don't get them or why they're changing them, meaning somebody may have claimed you as a dependent. And I'm not saying that's the case, Joey, in your case, but I'm just saying, or someone received and they're showing the check cashed, even if it wasn't to you, Joey. So that's what we're going to Next phase will be is once those letters start coming in and we can then go back to the IRS and say, wait, we never received it. You know, that we have proof that we didn't get in there. They're going to have to do tracking or something. But um, right now they're just moving really, really slow. Since you did that in February, the earliest they could have filed it was like on February 23rd when the IRS opened. But you should have received it by now in all honesty. Um, But obviously you haven't. So I'm going to assume that they're, they're running into some sort of issue with you, but I, I, I couldn't tell you what, have you tried calling the IRS at all, Joey? I have not been able to get through, you know, but like I said, okay. I went through Jackson, you do, uh, you know, uh-huh. have this all done. So, I mean, you know, I want to know if I'm the only one or, no, you, know, you are not. No. I will tell you, I get at least three to four phone calls a day with people saying they filed, they didn't get it. They, they haven't received anything. And when they go on the website, it doesn't give them any basic information. Pretty much like you said, they're processing or the information you provided doesn't tell us enough or something. There's a, some other error, whatever comes up. Uh, but neither of them are very helpful because it doesn't tell you what you can do if you're not receiving it. So okay. yeah, I'm sorry to say yeah. that I'm not much help on that one all i can say is keep going or try calling the irs yeah as long as i shouldn't panic that's you know (laughs) right you shouldn't panic yet but i will tell you i mean you you've been at it for at least two months now since you got yours out in february um and if it hasn't come out yet then my guess is you you probably need to touch base with them to find out what the issue is because it's, it seemed like to me, if they're telling us 21 days, that would have put you in the middle of March. You know, I'm just saying, um, and you would have by then gotten a letter or some sort of communication, but you're not alone. I, I get a lot of people calling me saying the exact same thing and having waited a long time. And I guess if anyone is listening and you got any advice, maybe you've been uh, talking to the IRS and have something, please uh, join the show with us because that way maybe Joey and a lot of other listeners will be able to get some information. Joey, thanks for calling. I appreciate it. Thank you too, ma'am. Thank you. All right. We're going to take a quick break. We come back. We can get some more of your phone calls at 615-737-9986. We'll be right back. live in studios if you want to join the show you can at 615-737-9986 615-737-9986 taking your calls talking about taxes also want to talk a little bit about the ppp and a few things that are going on um remember all entrepreneurs could do ppps and those are extended till may 31st so if you have if you have a schedule c or a schedule f 
on your tax return and you have an income, a profit from those, not negatives, um, you would qualify possibly for some assistance um, with what's called PPP, uh, personal protection loans uh, by the SBA. Also restaurants, uh, bars, wine um, uh, restaurants that, you know, do wine and beer, uh, all of them, there is the um, restaurant retail loan coming out. And that one's another one that's going to help, especially if you had like a 30% or less uh, a loss from 2019 to 2020, um, trying to help those businesses recuperate. Again, this is through the SBA. Um, so it, it is something you definitely want to, to take a look at if you have a restaurant and you have the ability to uh, show that you have had uh, severe losses. They are trying to get more money out there. They're trying to help save, especially if it's a woman-owned or small restaurant. They're not looking at really big franchises as much as they're trying to help, at least the first round, trying to help uh, more, I call them mom and pops or single family, uh, single owners um, have one or two uh, restaurants, that kind of thing. So those would be huge to be able to help those individuals. So if you are one of them, you want to go to the SBA and look up restaurant loans. It's just been uh, introduced and it should be coming out really quickly right now. I think they only have a sample, um, uh, not sample, but a, yeah, it's a sample, um, it is, but for you to fill application, that's the word I was looking for sample application, uh, on the site, but, uh, it will give you all the information of what you need to be able to go and get prepared to see if this is something that you might be able to use to help your small restaurant or bar, um, survive. Because I know a lot of them are on the verge of closing down, even though a lot of people have been awesome about eating out and doing things with small businesses. It is still very hard for small restaurants to be able to make a profit, keep their employees on board and to just recuperate after, um, the shutdowns, especially like downtown Nashville and them. So if you're one of those small businesses and you haven't received something so far, take a look on the SBA website because it is something that is out there. I don't want you to feel like you're kind of alone there because you're not. There's a lot of businesses that are trying to help out. So that is something out there. And again, any small business that has not received PPP that is in business and um, you would qualify if you have employees or a Schedule C, you would qualify for some PPP money. And again, that has been extended until May 31st, I believe. So um, might be something that you need to look at to help keep your business alive and keep you moving. If you have uh, questions about that, or if you're in the process of doing your taxes and you've got some questions, don't forget that when uh, March 12th, I believe it was when the current president signed into a new tax law, part of that two new tax law was also the correction on um, 1099Gs or for unemployment. The first $10,200 is free, but there is a caveat to that. It's only for individuals that make less, $75,000 or less, married couples that make $150,000 or less. If you make more than that and you happen to have gone on unemployment for a little while, you will be paying tax on it as well. So again, this is only for uh, families that make less than 150 or individuals that make less than 75. Pretty much the same game as it was for anyone receiving stimulus money pretty much the same situation. So, um, so if you had those and you, you have filed your taxes back in February or March prior to the stimulus, uh, the new tax law, the IRS is telling people do not file amended tax returns. Wait, we are going to redo our software and we are going to make those corrections and send you the additional money that you would be entitled to. So again, that's uh, important to have because many, I know we have about 40 returns out there, just ourselves that were filed prior to the change of the law. And um, we were specifically 
basically told not to do anything. So if you're one of my clients and you're waiting, that's what they're telling us to do. Wait. They want us to be extremely patient this year. It seems like we're doing a lot of waiting, waiting for PPP money, waiting for uh, the uh, stimulus money, waiting for refunds. So if you have questions or if you need help with any of those subjects, I will do my best. But I'm telling you right now, the best uh, you can do right this second is go on to irs.gov and check the status of your refund um, or if you want uh the best way to actually do <laughs> some of the information on um, the stimulus and where your refund is. Make sure, I know I had one person that pulled up theirs and they're saying no information. And then um, I gave them the information while they were on the line and it came up. She, she didn't know, uh, this particular person did not know what the filing status we had filed under. And so they had it um, in the wrong way. And so anyways, just make sure that you have the right information that you're putting it in because it will come up with no information available. Please check your information if that is the case. So um, just, you know, just putting that out there for you guys so you know what's happening and you know how you're going to do with it and what's going to happen. If you have uh, other questions at this point, guys, you can reach the show 615-367-0819-615-3, I'm sorry, 615-737-9986, 615-737-9986. You know, you get so used to giving your, your phone number, you put the wrong one out there. That was my office at first. Okay, so uh, making sure that you are tracking your expenses. Um, I've, I've been seeing a lot of clients this year, especially in the last couple of months that are uh, maybe behind a couple of years, small business owners, um, and not having good record keeping. And of course, some of these people have also left money on the table, right? We talked about PPP. We talked about stimulus. If you haven't filed taxes in the last two to three years, you probably not received any of those monies. Um, so you, you need to make sure that you stay current with your taxes because you never know when the government is going to do something interesting and like hand out some money. And then you're sitting there going, wait a second, I didn't get any of that. And that's because you weren't current. And now even individuals that are applying for the stimulus money on their tax returns, it doesn't have the same shielding as it did when you had the money that would have been coming to you prior to going through the IRS, if that makes sense. So if when they offered the stimulus and that money came directly into your bank or get, it was a check sent to you, if you owed um, the IRS money and uh, if the second PPP, if, if I mean, second stimulus, if you had back child support, you still receive the money. But if it's on the tax return, they said they were going to change it and make it something different. But in all honesty, they did not do that. And so they're basically, once it's on your tax return, it's reducing your income tax or applying to any taxes. So that's why when some of the people are asking where their stimulus check, I'm wondering in some cases, if some of them had outstanding child support back uh, student loans or any of those kind of things, uh, what was going to be the interest on that. So it'll be interesting. Hey, let's go to Randy in Tennessee. Hey, Randy, what's happening? Hey, Dr. Friday. Good to hear you today. I uh, got a question about, I'm not exactly sure what it's called. I want to call it a 1021 or something like that transfer for property sales. If you're going to sell a piece of property at one location and buy something at another location, I guess it's the same state. I'm not sure about that. But can you explain that to me a little bit, how it works? Absolutely. It's called a 1031. You were really close. Um, so it's a 1031 exchange. And basically, it's been around a long time. But it's like kind is what it's referred to. So let's say you have a piece of 
of real estate. Let's that's most common thing. You have a piece of investment real phone, estate. Bro. And uh, you sell that piece of investment real estate and you put the money, uh, an escrow will be put aside in the 1031 and then you go buy another one uh, of like kind. So example would be you've got a rental home that you've had for a number of years. You decide to sell it. It's worth $200,000. You sell that home for $200,000. You have to go buy something equivalent to that. Now you can buy up to three properties with one 1031, but theoretically you have to spend $200,000 to buy the next property. So okay. it's not what you originally paid for it. It's not what you originally had. It's what the selling price is compared to the selling. The, the new investment has to be for the same amount that you sold the old investment. So if you sold one property, uh, like so the home, like the example you, you used there, if you sold one property, you could buy three with that 200000 mm -hmm. Yep. You have up to three. So theoretically, Yeah, you could. And it doesn't have to be in the same state. This is a federal law, so it's anywhere in the United States. Okay. So, okay. Is there a time frame on that? I believe it's 90 days. Now, I think there are some extensions, but all in all, I think you have to have the, the like kind, the ones that you want to buy within 90 days listed. Again, I'm not a total expert. I've heard that there is some extensions that can be given, uh, but I would always shoot for what the requirement is just to make sure. Okay, and that is tax-free if you do it within the requirements of the yep. 1031 transfer. It, yeah, defers the tax to the next building and then theoretically keeps deferring it until you either pass away and then the step-up in basis happens or you sell it and at that time you'll recapture all of those um, deferred capital gains. So the basis does, re I guess when you said the basis, like the basis on a, $200,000 piece of property, if it was 100000 even though you bought another $200,000 piece of property or three of mm -hmm. them worth two hundred, that basis would still remain 100000 It will stay, yes. It will stay at what the, at least whatever the capital gains that you had on the original first one, that will roll okay. into the next one. So your basis will be what the original one was at that time, if that makes sense. So like you just said, yeah. if the basis on that property was only 100000 so you would have had taxes on, on a profit of 100,000 capital gains. The new one, the basis rolls in at 200. Now, if you have to do improvements or anything else after that, it will increase the basis, but you're keeping that same basis rolling into the new property that you would have had on the old property. Right. Okay. Okay. Well, that's, uh, yeah, that, that explains it. Cool. All right. Thanks. So it's a good call. I appreciate it. Great. Thank you. Thank bye you. Bye-bye. Uh-huh. Bye. All right. Let's hit Lisa real quick before we take the break. Hey, Dr. Fry. Hey there. I've got a question. I get paid um, on a Form 1099 NEC, mm -hmm. and I only work for this one company exclusively. I do accounting services for them, but that's the way I get paid. So mm -hmm. would I qualify for PPP money because of that Absolutely. or not? Because you do a Schedule C on your right. personal tax return, and you pay all of your own Social Security and Medicare or self-employment tax, however you want to refer to it. Um, yes. And so that's what they're looking at. So you are considered a small business owner. Okay. All right. And yes, you I mean, they qualify. reimburse me for some, they reimburse me for, like if I have to, uh, I don't know, go to the post office, if I, you know, sending out packages. Mm -hmm. I mean, they reimburse me for some things, not everything. Right. So, well, 
I mean, nope. basically they're paying you for your time and they can't reimburse exactly. you for that. If in, you know, in all honesty, it sounds like they're kind of treating you a little bit like an employee and kind of like a subcontractor, but in all honesty, your tax return is reflecting a subcontractor or a small business right. owner. Cause there's a schedule C that the 1099 used to be miscellaneous this year in NECs or whatever, um, right. are, is reporting on, and then you pay all of your own self-employment tax. Correct. Yep. So that's okay. what you're going to, they're going to want a copy of your schedule C and based on whatever is on, I don't remember what the, the, the one that rolls over to the 1040, whatever your total profit is, that's what they're going to use as if it was your self-employed income. Okay. All, All right. right. And then I got one other question. Sure. Go for it. I have my son uh, who is disabled, still lives with us at home. We have to take care of him. He's 21 and I've claimed him throughout the years, of course, because he is disabled. But could I not claim him this year because he was not eligible for any of the previous stimulus monies? He did get this last one. But it's a great I'd... question, and I'm gonna be honest. The fact is, he doesn't have any other. I mean, he has. He probably has Social Security. I mean, he should be entitled to that. I'm assuming. I don't know that for a fact, but most children that are over the age of 21 will qualify for their own Social Security benefits. It's not earnings, and he's still legitimately a dependent of yours. Let me clarify that. Um, So, you know, the problem is I know a lot of people are looking for those monies. The IRS has kind of come down with if it's a legitimate dependent, you need to still claim them. You are actually getting 500 each and it's combined. So you would get $1,000 versus him getting 1800 Big difference. I'm not saying it isn't, but the IRS is saying the $500 is supposed to accomplish what the 1800 would have done if he had been living on his own. So. I got you. You know, it's it, the, that's why they changed it for the third one, because everybody was freaking out, saying my, my 17 year old didn't get their money. I'm not getting any money. You know, I'm just saying. And the first one, it was kind of a wash. I mean, well, I mean, if they're you either got five hundred dollars as a dependent for them and or um, they get the, the twelve hundred. Right. I mean, the second one, you get five hundred. It was six hundred. It's only a hundred dollar difference. But the first one was the one that a lot of people were quite upset about. Um and they finally got the, the thing right but the third time. Um, doesn't take right. the government long, does it? Um, but anyways, <laughs> you know, there's no easy answer. And I will tell you, I know a lot of people that file their children as, as non-filers because they wanted to get that additional $800. I am not absolutely positive how the I, – I don't think there's anything for any listener that did that. I, I don't honestly believe there's anything wrong. I don't think the government's going to do anything. But in all honesty, they have kind of come down and said, hey, if they're truly legitimate dependents, then they're dependents, and you need to go through that direction. If they were truly um, you know, not dependents, then they should be filing on their own anyways. So right. that's yeah, kind was, of the, their status. I... It's not an easy answer because your child is um, – you know, he's over the age of 21. I've always felt there should be – I've always felt I have a niece that's the same way. I've always felt that children with special needs that will be living at home basically their entire life or with some care should qualify as a child, not as another dependent, meaning they should qualify for the $2,000 every year versus the $500. But no one's asked me, unfortunately. Um, I was afraid (laughs) if I took him off this year and then tried to put him back on next year that it might cause a problem. No, it would not. In answer to your question, it would not. That happens in normal life. Children leave the home, then end up coming back, divorce, whatever. That is not a problem. I got you. And then they gave us the fifty six hundred this time. We got the fifty six hundred, and then fourteen hundred for him. Right? You got the fourteen hundred for him in the third stimulus. 
Right, but he also they also send him an extra another fourteen hundred to him directly. Well, that's a mistake that, in my understanding, is the IRS can't correct him. So you kind of you you kind of got his money then, because okay. if you take the thousand dollars you guys get every year for claiming the five hundred dollars every year, plus he got fourteen, plus you got the fourteen. If you add it all up, you'd actually be ahead. Right. Okay. Well, I just I wasn't sure if I should do yeah. something about it, but I mean, they just sent it directly into his account, so right. <laughs> you know, I'm not too sure. Um, yeah. At this point, I don't know what. The, I mean, I'm assuming we're going to hear a couple of years from now what we're supposed to be doing, but at this moment, um, there's not much you can do. Right. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much. No worries. Thank you. All right. We're going to take a quick break. And when we're done here, we'll come back to your phone calls and you can join the show at 615-737-9986. We'll be right back. All righty. We are back here live in studio on this very kind of dark outside right now very nasty saturday so hopefully everyone's enjoying their saturday doing something maybe inside if you've got questions or you're working on taxes like i am um you can give me a call 615-737-9986-615-737-9986 like um lisa who called a little bit earlier i know for a fact there's quite a few small business owners maybe you don't even really think of yourself necessarily as a business owner but what the irs does consider you and so with the sba people that receive 1099s file their own taxes do their own thing. There are quite a few of you out there that maybe had a pretty hard 2020 year and you would be entitled to some of those PPP funds and they are still available um, for people. So it is something to think about if you file a Schedule C or a Schedule F, if you're a pharma, there are some other ones, but either way, you need to put some thought to, um, you know, possibly looking in, you can find the information, um, I will tell you that I've been using a company called Lindo. You can go to your bank. That's usually the very first place I suggest anyone to start if you're looking for a PPP loan. You can also Google PPP loans. I'm sure there's a bunch of other companies. Uh, Like I said, I've been using a company called Lindo for ones that I don't have direct banking information on. But any way you look at it, you can find some place that might help you move forward and get some of your, um, you know, to get some of that money. And remember, if it's handled properly, guys, not only will you receive the PPP, but you could get forgiveness on the PPP. Again, it does take good record keeping. You know, if you're a self-employed person, you need to be drawing that money back out to pay yourself because you are the employee of a self-employed business. That's why a lot of people didn't understand because it's called the personal payroll, payroll protection program. But, um, as a self-employed person, you are the employee of your business. You are the self-employed person, and therefore you are the person that's going to need to make sure that you have everything you need uh, when it comes to keeping your business alive and tracking that information properly. So just want to make sure that you have what you have, and I don't want you to leave or close your business because maybe you didn't quite find uh, the right information and you ended up having to closed down because you couldn't keep your doors open while we went through this crazy time that we're going through right now. All right, let's head back to the phone lines about Pete in Nashville. Hey, Pete, what's happening? Hey, Dr. Friday, how are you doing? I am doing very good. Thanks for asking. Do you still call yourself the crazy tax lady? <laughs> I'm, I, I would say yes. I have more than once said that, Yes. Okay, uh, the standard deduction, uh, what is the standard deduction? 
So it's 12,400, I believe, for an individual and 14,000, I think, or yeah, 24,800 for a married couple. Okay, now I'll do the SR, uh, and it's a little different. And is it 14? Oh, so it's 14, I think 14, uh, one, because you get an additional $1,500 or whatever, I think, for being over the age of 65. Um, okay. and, and then if they're married, I think it's like, uh, 27, one or something like that for a married couple. Now, what if you're, uh, over 65 and legally blind, it's a little bit higher in it. Um, the legally blind does give us, um, let's see here. Uh, I know who this might be even, uh, legally blind. I think, hold on, let me see if I can give you the answer on that one. It, yes, there is an extra, um, dollar amount, but I just wasn't sure if, if, if you're over 65, if it actually gives you the extra dollar amount or not, uh, I'm trying to check it out real quick. I'm going to cheat and use my system. So it would be $15,700 if you were single, legally blind, and over the age of 65. Okay. Now, if your single deduction is higher than your uh, adjusted gross, you don't have to, uh, you won't get it. You don't have to pay any taxes, evidently, right? Because you don't have that any. Is, uh, that is correct. As long as your income is coming through Social Security or any uh, W-2s, pensions, or any of that, as long as it's not self-employment, that is true. Okay. So you, you don't even have to file, do you? Nope. You would not be required to file. Okay. And one more, another question. If you, um, if you're getting a refund, the deadline date of May 17th, I mean, you really don't have to get it in at that time, right? That's correct. I mean, bottom line is there's no penalty for an individual that doesn't um, that doesn't owe money to the government. You only have three years to file to get your refund, but there's no penalty for not filing it on time. Okay, and my last question is, once you, once you uh, figure your tax, it has a... Uh, Two little boxes there. I want to know what those forms are. It's an 8814 and a 4972. What are those forms? An 8814, is that what you said? Uh huh, and a 4972. 8814 is, oh, here we go. 8814 is for, um, that's only if you have parent to report children's interest in dividends. So that would be only if you had a, a child that's on your tax return and you're reporting their interest in dividends on your tax return. Don't know if that applies to you or not. Um, but that's not something normal retiree, unless you have a younger child that's living with you that has interest in dividends. And the other one was okay. a 44, what? No, 4972. 4972, 40, 4972. Uh, that is tax on a lump sum distribution. So if you get uh, pensions or if you got uh, money from an IRA and you took a lump sum, then that's what you would file. Okay, one more form. One more form is on line twenty nine. It's something to do with American something. It's eighty. I think it's eighty eight sixty three. Something like that. Eighty eight sixty three. Huh. Let's see what that is. Thank goodness I had my software open. You're testing me here. All right, 8863, yes, American Opportunity Educational. That would only come into play when you have um, a 1098T and you have a college student, assuming your income is less than 180 as a married or 90,000 as a head of household or single. Okay, well, you got a perfect score. You're 100. You got an A. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. Thanks for testing me. I'll talk to you later, bud. 
All righty. Thanks for uh, doing that. And now let's see here. We're going to keep moving. And again, if um, I think we're going to take a break here real quick and we come back, we'll take the last bit of phone calls because I think I'm a little off on the clock, but we'll take a quick break and then we can get back to the phone lines. You can join us 615-737-9986, 615-737-9986. And we'll be right back with the Dr. Friday show. Guys, we are back live here, and we've got someone on the phone line that was nice enough to wait through the break. So why don't we head right on up to, I believe, Jason and Franklin. Hi, yes. I got a question. I I end up filing my taxes late for 2019. Mm -hmm. Um, Was married, but we end up filing married filing separately uh, due to a pending divorce. on the form, when I filed my taxes, it said penalty interest. It gave me an amount. Um, I, again, I just filed 2019, maybe two months ago. Uh, should I expect to get have to pay any more penalties? Um, I, what's I would expect yes. Most of our softwares, personally, I have found to be a bit lacking because the way the IRS calculates, it's on a daily basis. So until the day they've received the payment, they continue to calculate. We, obviously, our system's going to calculate, even if it does a spot-on job, it's only going to calculate it up to the time that we prepare them, right? I mean, um, I, I've just always found that you might want to figure out. Now, if you have a really good record with the government, meaning, you know, up until now, you've basically always have been a fairly decent taxpayer. I'm not going to say any of us are perfect, so don't hold me to that. But but if that's the case, you may be able to get, we kind of all get like a one-time get out of jail card free for kind of thing. You might be able to contact them and just say, hey, you know what? I know I was late. You know, I'm not expecting, not I shouldn't be responsible, but the bottom line is it wasn't a perfect year. Could you please review my account just based on my history? Could you give me a waiver on the penalties? And it works wonders. Um, you know, kind of a no excuse, just get it out there. They're pretty good about it. So if you, I mean, again, if you have a fairly decent history, it's something to think about. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate no it. No worries. Thanks, mate. Okay. Bye. All righty. Let's go to Deb. Deb has a question. Yes. How are you? I am good. 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 Yeah, I converted a an IRA to a Roth this year, and mm-hmm. then I heard that um, I had a taxable event of, due to COVID. I was laid off of my employment um, at a retail store, and so I've heard that I can take that money and and uh, put it in three years of taxes instead of taking all that money and put it in into 2020 is that correct that is correct um the the different i mean if you're going to put the money but you you're not going to replace i mean you have two options i'm not too sure if a conversion falls into it's the only reason i'm bringing this up is that um a taxable event would be you took the money out you needed it to live on um and then you want to be able to put it back and you can either put it back and you can get a refund or you can split it between three years now I don't know if it says anything that you can't put it back into a Roth versus put it back into an IRA. You know, they're both IRAs. Um, so uh-huh. I would actually probably double check that with you're, you're reporting the right information right now. If there was a taxable event due to COVID, there's a three year spread. You can split it between three years. Either if you have the ability to maybe to earn the money and put it back in, you'll get those taxes back and or spread the taxes for three years and not have to worry about putting it all at one time. 
that's all correct. The only thing I would worry about or, or question is the fact that you never really took it out. You did an immediate conversion, which may not qualify for a uh, COVID event is the only thing I'm going to ask. And I would have to look it up in the tax law. If you want to email me that question, and that way I can just send you back the tax law. Or if you've got a tax person, just have them double check that to make sure it doesn't create a problem. Other than that, you're 100% correct. There is the ability to do it. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. Sorry. Yep. Thanks. It was a great call, guys. I didn't know that uh, for sure. And I um, just don't want to give her hundred percent on that one because a lot of people had to take money out of their 401ks to live, which is truly a, a COVID event. Um, doing the conversions, which are very popular right now. A lot of people are doing conversions uh, to, to try to help maybe lower their taxes later or because they were in lower income brackets in the year of 2020, they took advantage of that to be able to convert at a lower tax rate. But um, if you did take money, for anyone that did have to take money out of a 401k last year, up to $100,000, there is the ability to do this, the split, the, the three-year uh, split, and no penalty, no early withdrawal penalty, which is huge because that's 10% um, uh, on that withdrawal. So just making sure that you have that information. Um, so if you did have to take some money out and you know, at least up to the first hundred thousand dollars, you would be able to maybe spread out and get advantage of doing that versus doing it all in one year. And normally you would probably pay a 10% penalty if you're under the age of 59 and a half. So all of that being said, if you've got some questions and you're not too sure, you can always email Friday at drfriday.com. Again, Friday at drfriday.com. Ask your question. Give me about 24 hours. I will hopefully be caught up again um, and get your answers to you. If you uh, would like to make an appointment, you can do that um, one of two ways. The calendar is closed on the, in the website now. So you can either call the office at 615-367-0819. Again, 615 615- Three six seven zero eight one nine, or email us again at Friday at drfriday.com. If you don't have any idea who I am and you're a bit curious, all you have to do is check out the web, drfriday.com. That is drfriday.com is the website. It will tell you all about who this crazy blonde is. That, oh, you guys don't even know I'm blonde. On the radio and uh, talking about taxes as an enrolled agent. So if you have tax issues, you're getting love letters, you've gotten notices of liens, or they're coming against your paychecks or your homes, there are solutions. There are ways we can work around and get the IRS to be on the same page, but you have to first come in and get a meeting. And then we have to figure out what's going to be best for you. Um, there's simple start. There is fresh start. There are a couple different programs out there that you can use to hopefully get you on the right track. And i always tell people, you don't want to come in when you finally got back on your feet, if you're at the bottom, that's when you want to deal with the IRS because they have to look at your current situation, not what your earning potential is in the future. So again, making sure that you have the right information. If you need help, you can reach me a couple ways, friday at drfriday.com. That's my email, friday at drfriday.com. Or call my office, 615-367-0819. I hope you guys are having a wonderful Saturday. And um, and next Saturday, we'll be out here again doing the same thing. So if you have questions, you need help with preparation, we can also file extensions for you. But at this time, unless you're a returning client, I will be honest, we don't have any openings. But we are more than available to do an extension and meet with you after the May 17th. That is the big deadline, guys, May 17th. So make sure you file an extension on or before that day so that way you're not late. I hope you guys have a wonderful Saturday. Copy later.